Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, it's Monday morning. This is the third week of December. Today is December the 12th. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in the the semi-dark of the morning, waiting to go to clinic. My morning almost turned out to be a disaster as I got up late. I don't even remember hearing my alarm go off, but I guess it did. So, another week begins, and so another week of what's going on in my head. Uh, It should be very interesting because I already got a few good topics in my mind to discuss in the forthcoming week, and we will go from there. And then again, you never know what's going to happen. Things happen all the time, and uh, those are some of the things we'll delve into. So, uh, as we go, I will leave you with Billy Preston, and uh, man, it's going to be out of space. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome back. Well, as I said earlier in the intro, it's here. It's four o'clock in the morning. And I'm sitting here in the semi-darkness of my home. Uh, Excuse me, talking to you. I've already had my first cup of morning joe. So... I feel the caffeine corrosing through my veins, and I'm slowly feeling better about the day. <clears throat> this is when my the way my day starts, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, something else that happened last week, but we didn't get a chance to cover it because that wasn't in my head, although it was all over the papers and the televisions and the radio. But I wanted to wait before I got into this because I wanted the dust to settle because it was a very controversial event. Uh, A little over 10 months ago, a young female basketball star by the name of Brittany Griner was on her way to Russia, former Soviet Russia, 
the Russia that is run by Vladimir Putin, to attend some basketball summit, I believe. I didn't even know they played basketball in Russia. Hell, I didn't even know they knew about basketball in Russia. Well, you learn something every day, right? As long as you keep your ears, mind, and mouth open. Well, your mouth shut, but your mind and your ears open. So anyway, this chick goes to Russia. She's going through customs. And lo and behold, as they're searching her baggage, they find a vaping pen and some cartridges. Now, being alarmed at what kind of cartridges they were in this day and age, they had them tested and found out that they had marijuana, hashish oil, something like that. I know because I have one of those vaping pens myself and they too work. Now, she was charged with smuggling controlled substance. She went to trial. Everybody here was outraged. And then she was sentenced to nine years in a Russian jail. Uh, The government began its blustering, trying to get her some sort of leniency and get her her back to the United States. To no avail, the Russian court system worked and triumphed in their favor, which how could they not, since you have an American and an American athlete in custody? So, thus began the trial and tribulations for one Brittany Griner. Now, I'm not a fan of the WNBA, simply because it's a WNBA. Now, you may like it if you're a woman athlete. You may look up to the people that play there. Most people don't. They have no idea who they are. They didn't even know that the women played basketball. So, six foot nine inch Brittany Griner began her sentence as a Russian prisoner. Prisoner of war, prisoner of love, you call it what you want. Prisoner, so prisoner. So, now begins the daily grind of listening to story after story about how they're trying to get her released. They're trying to make a do this, to do that. Then finally, a month ago, they came up with the idea of a prisoner swap. Turns out we have a guy in our prison by the name of Victor Boot, B-O-U-T pronounced boot and uh, uh, excuse me alright there we go it's a little difficult sometimes when you gotta be the announcer as well as the board operator so anyway begin the blustering of the daily reports of what's Brittany Griner doing how's she faring in prison so she was in a local jail at the time of her trial and her conviction and her sentencing. And so she was sitting there and then she was transferred to a women's penal colony in Siberia. Yes, they still exist and they still run them. So she was transferred and the negotiations continued to try to get her released from prison. After countless pleadings to the whatever official would listen to her, Brittany Griner's wife, Sherelle. Yes, you heard me correctly. And uh, 
finally, lo and behold, you hear all over these uh, American journal, radio, TV, that a deal has been reached for the transfer of prisoners, one Brittany Griner for one Victor Boot. Now, you know that Brittany Griner is a basketball star in the United States. Who is Victor Boot? Well, Victor Boot also has a nickname. His nickname is the Merchant of Death. Victor Boot is an arms dealer. Victor Boot uh, organized the sale, purchase, and transfer of major military-grade weapons to whatever terrorist group had the right amount of money. That's correct. This man sold weapons to warring uh, countries to terrorist organizations, many of those weapons killed Americans all over the world. Not just Americans, but Colombians, Venezuelans, Argentinians, English, German, French, you name it. If you were in, the, in a terrorist-controlled uh, country, you might run the risk of being killed by one of Victor Boot's weapons. So, <clears throat> the... Exchange was organized. And just like in the movies, you see Victor Boot getting off a plane from the United States, walking down the tarmac, and in the same tarmac, you see Brittany Griner walking from her SUV to the waiting airplane that's about about to be refueled and uh, take her back to the United States. So then Brittany Griner gets on an Air Force plane. That is correct. I saw the plane. It had the markings of the United States. So it was an Air Force plane. Maybe it was Air Force 3 or Air, Air Force 300. I don't know. So she gets on a plane. The plane brings her back to the United States. She came here to my hometown of San Antonio, Texas for uh, evaluation and debriefing. Yes, she had to be debriefed and counseled because she her head may be all screwed up. <clears throat> She's still there, and now they say she can leave at any time, but they want to make sure she's physically healthy and uh, mentally healthy. That's going to take a while because she has been through a lot. I will give her the credit for enduring what she did and then having to look forward to nine more years of that life. How bad is it compared to the United States? I'll give you an example. The penal colony that she was transferred to was a place on maybe about, that's just, I'm just going to be play devil, devil's advocate here and say 20 acres of land, a big patch of land with 900 women on it, 900 prisoner women, 900 convicted felons, rapists, murderers, you name it. Women, yes, yes, I said that, it's women. So there she is, wallowing in this woman's prison, six foot nine inches tall, with a bed that's only five and a half feet long. Yeah, you do the math. So she had to squeeze her way onto that tiny mattress and try to get a good night's sleep when it's 10 degrees below zero outside and the wind's howling and the snow's falling like thick snow that you see in the old uh, film clips. Yeah, what a wonderful life, right? 
Well, I'm sure she was miserable. And I feel for her. My heart goes out to her. Well, now she's back. Now, a little bit about Brittany Griner. This is the same NBA basketball star who made the request of the national anthem not being played at any of her games. She wasn't a believer in America or the United States. And you know what? That's that's her prerogative as an American. You can do that. But yet you're going to petition the government to save your ass and pull it out of a Russian prison. Huh. Oh, that's the way it works, huh? When you get arrested for drug possession, you're all of a sudden the, uh, the model American. Now, okay, they affected her release. They made the transfer just like in the movies. And she's back in the United States, back in the arms of her waiting wife. Excuse me. And uh, now she will resume her career as a major basketball star, or will she? Remember, you're in, when you go to prison, your time changes. The way you perceive time changes. And the world moves on. Now, is Brittany Griner going to have the same status that she did, or maybe even more? Or is it going to collapse because now you're tainted goods and nobody wants to deal with you? Only time will tell, correct? I guess. So, <clears throat> she got transferred. Now, this is the way the transfer went down. It was negotiated between ambassadors from the United States and people ambassadors from from Russia. As to terms, who goes, who comes, yada, yada, yada. So, <clears throat> they negotiated the exchange of her for Victor Boot. Now, we were hoping to bring back the other prisoners that are being held there. One of them being a man by the name of Paul Whelan, who was an ex-military veteran. He was a former Marine. And uh, he was arrested on trumped-up charges of espionage. The guy was visiting Russia for, I think he was he was on vacation. I don't know who would want to go to vacation in Russia. You, with so many other interesting places in the world, you go to one of the most repressive places. It's just like the idiot that went to North Korea and got arrested for trying to take a poster off a wall to bring it home. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> people have sympathy for her. Okay, and that's fine. It's normal. I really don't. And I'm going to tell you why. When I was in the Navy, and we were in a foreign port, the riot act was always read to us by our CO. And uh, it always went something like this. You are ambassadors and representatives of the United States in a foreign country. Abide yourselves accordingly. Because you are in a foreign country, and you are subject to their criminal laws, as well as State Department laws. But being the sailors that we were, and it's a port of call, we were sailors. Sometimes people got arrested because you started a fight in a bar. Or, you know, some were just kleptomaniacs and were stealing stuff. But <clears throat> the fact that you were an American wasn't going to save your ass. 
you're subject to the penalties and laws of that country. And many American sailors have been rounded up and put in jail for those reasons. <clears throat> now, Brittany Griner, <clears throat> I don't know how you do it when you're going anywhere on a business trip or three-day little jaunt to the beach, but I've always checked my bag before I start packing my stuff in it to make sure there's no contraband. I figured she had the common sense as a modern woman to do the same. But no, she decided to pack her vaping pen and her vapes. Now, in her defense, she claims that those were all for medicinal purposes because she has severe back injury because she's six foot nine and she gets banged around inside the paint. <clears throat> but when foreign countries see it, don't see it that way. They have no comprehension of our, the way our laws work. And she was arrested for smuggling drugs. That's the way it works. So now she was subject to their laws. Now, the problem is, she was released. <clears throat> oh, let's get back to Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan is the other American that's being held on, I think he's doing 15 years for espionage. Crazy, right? So, they got this guy, and they, we wanted both of them in the exchange. But the way it was read to us was that they, Vladimir Putin said, no, one for one, not two. This is not pizza night, you know, at, at, at CC's or Domino's. So it was a one for one exchange. So we had to make a decision as to which one was going, Brittany Griner or Paul Whelan. Well, they chose Brittany Griner, and they left poor Paul Whelan back in the gulag in Siberia where it's 15 below probably by now trying to fend for his life. Oh, did I mention that when Brittany Griner was sent to her gulag in Siberia, 900 women on a small property with guards, barbed wire, dogs, and guards with AK-47s, not small arm pistols. But then again, when it's 15 degrees below zero, who, who thinks of escape? Where are you going to go? It's in the middle of nowhere, and you would probably freeze to death before you got to any kind of border to, to be free again. So it was either her or Paul Whelan. So they chose her. Why did they choose her over a former Marine? Let me see. The reasons that come to mind, number one, she's a woman. Number two, she's black. And number three, she's very, very woke. And these are exactly the criteria that, that Joe Biden looks for in an American nowadays. So they picked her. Many Americans are outraged that it should have been Paul Whelan because, all, of course, she was a coddled sports star who screwed up. Even that in itself is probably not prison-worthy material, but still, he screwed up. She pleaded to the court that she was sorry she didn't know it was in the bag. How did you not know it was in the bag? How could you not know that they were going to pop you for this because it was drugs? And drugs are pretty much illegal 
all over the world in every country of the world. It's just a good thing this not didn't happen in Islamabad or in uh, Beirut. They probably would have beheaded her because those those people over there don't put up with drug runners. But because Russia had a ace in the hole, so to speak, with her, Vladimir thought, well, maybe I, can, I got a little leverage now and we can get back some of our people, in this case, Victor Boot. So now the, uh, the bug has been placed and now we're trying to see who else we can swap for Victor Whelan. Well, Russia's already, it's, it's almost like a, the draft. It's, it's like the, the worldwide prisoner draft. Trade this guy for that guy. So now Russia's trying to figure out who they could get in the next pick. And this is the person they want. They want this guy that's a, he's a Russian assassin. He was one of Vladimir Putin's major top assassins. But they can't have him because he's not an American prisoner. This guy's being held in a German jail. He belongs to the Germans and the Germans aren't trading. The Germans aren't going to the big worldwide basketball trade. So Paul Whelan still sits and waits in his jail cell in Siberia, where it's probably 30 below by now. Even the guards refuse to go into the guard shacks because there's little heat, but that's there. That I wonder if that's a, that's prison for them too. I wouldn't want to get transferred or get orders to go in, that I'm going to the prison in Siberia. That would suck. So anyway, Paul Whelan still sits and rots while Brittany Griner lavishes herself the old lifestyle that she had before she got arrested. What do you think? What's on your mind? What's your position on this? I don't care one way or the other, but I think it's just kind of shitty that we left that guy for her. You know what? Somebody's always got to suffer. I get that. And maybe it should have been her turn, or maybe she suffered enough. I don't know. But that's the way the dice roll. If you disagree, tell me, and tell me why. And if you agree, well, also tell me why. How do you tell me? Well, if you don't, if you can't get a hold of me on my Facebook or you don't have my phone number, you have my Twitter address, Ben Hur at T, ah, Jesus, T C C I N D Y. I almost forgot myself. Ben Hur at T C C I N D Y. The Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Drop me a line, tell me what you think, and we'll go from there. Well, that was a very long segment, and if I bored you, I apologize, but it's a very interesting topic. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around, we'll be right back. Yeah. Oh, I want for Christmas. 
we are back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I had to let that song go a little bit longer so you could get the full effect. It is Christmas time. It's the middle of December, and we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ or the arrival of Santa Claus. You see it your way, I see it mine. I think it's a little bit of both. But we are being inundated with Christmas music at this time. It started the day after Thanksgiving. In some places, it started before Thanksgiving. This is how we're starting to blur the lines of holiday seasons. Anyway, uh, we're going to be subjected to this music at least until the 1st of January. So the best thing to do is shrug your shoulders and just bear with us and enjoy it. Now, there are some songs that just stick in your craw that you don't want to hear anymore because the first time was enough. Now, that song is one of them. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. It's a good song when you hear it the first time. Now, unless you're an absolute Mariah Carey fan, you're going to listen to it over and over and over again and be able to sing it back and forth in your sleep. One time is good enough for me. Now, I feel bad for the people that work in the malls that are subjected to that Christmas music endlessly, and they hear this song almost every 26 to 35, 40 minutes. It's enough to drive somebody nuts to pick up your AR-15 and go on a rampage, if you know what I mean. I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm just saying music can make you snap. Some people go around the... uh, the Salvation Army guys that are playing their own music and they're usually playing this. Uh, for me, it's an okay song. It's a little annoying when you hear it the third, fourth, and maybe even the fifth time. But it's not half bad. I mean, because sometimes I find myself singing it in the car. I like to do the backup part, you know. But that's me. Uh, for me, the song that I cannot stand, and I will play that for you here. And hold on, let me, let me switch, switch it up. All right, hold on, Mariah. I'm gonna put you guys on hold for a second. The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight. That is the bane of my existence. That is Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Now, I'm a big Beatles fan. Now, I don't like everything every Beatle did after they broke up. I have issues with some of the songs that John did, that George did, that Ringo did, and that Paul did. And for Paul, this is one of them. I cannot stand this song. I hate it with a passion. When I hear it and I hear people singing it, I want to scream, shut up, shut up, shut up. I used to work when I was running the comedy club. My boss was a Brit. He was a transplant from across the pond, and he was working there at LOL as the GM, and I was working underneath him. And when our first Christmas came around together, I let it fly that I did not like this song. He was humming it, that's why. I was like, dude, please, I cannot stand that song. So, 
every chance he got, he would play it on the club's PA system just to irritate the living hell out of me. And I would grit my teeth and I would go looking for him and I would take the song off and he would have a big laugh and he would continue singing the song because he loved that song. He loved it. Now, I didn't like it. He did, but we could compromise on Mullet Kintyre, which we both really love. It's my favorite Paul McCartney songs. Mall of Kintyre brings me to tears, but this song also brings me to tears of a different kind. They're not tears of joy. They're just tears of God isn't this song over yet. And it seems that the song just goes on forever. It never stops. It never stops. Uh, what's your most hated Christmas song? Drop me a line on my uh, Twitter account. I'm at Benher at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. Or if you know me on Facebook, you got my phone number, drop me an IM or a text message and tell me what you think the best or the worst Christmas song is. I actually, I was going to play Wham's Last Christmas. I like that song. Even though George Michael is a toe-tapping in the men's restroom kind of guy, but I, I, I'll overlook that. I like that song. Um, personally, my favorite Christmas song, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're probably gonna think you hate this song. And you know what? I'm gonna play that for you. Hey, man, come over here, man. I need some help, man. Yeah, man, I can dig that. Like, uh, what are you doing, man? Now, that is Christmas music. Santa Claus and His Old Lady by Cheech and Chong. I love that. You know, because I grew up with that. I grew up listening to Cheech and Chong, and when they made that Christmas album, I love it. And most people hate it because it's Cheech and Chong. And if you don't like Cheech and Chong, well, then you're just not cool. And I guess I'm cooler than you because I do. Cheech and Chong, great. Good Christmas music. Much better than Paul McCartney's. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. So <laughs> I'm not going to play the whole thing because, you know, you probably don't like it. You're like, you're like Ben-Hur, you're, you're crazy. Leave us alone. It's Christmas. All right. So I'll tell you what, what is your most hated Christmas song? I need to hear from you people, please. I'm at Benher at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. Drop me a line and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks. Stick around. We'll be right back with more. I can remember them now, man. I could eat one of them, man. Oh, yeah, man. They used to live next door to me, you know, until they got kicked out, man. Oh, I think I kicked out of the projects, man. Yeah, you know what happened, man? They used to live with all these midgets, you know? And the midgets used to make a lot of noise, you know, like pounding and hammering and pounding all night, man. Wow. Typical freaks. Oh, yeah, man. They were really freaks, man. As a matter of fact, they all moved up north together, you know? Oh, they have to go get their head together, man. <laughs> yeah, get their head together. Man. And they started a, a commune, you know? It was called the uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady Commune. It was a real famous one up there, man. 
And they used to sit around and groove all the time, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really good time, man. Yeah, that sounds the, heavy. Yeah, eat the brownies, man. They drink that tea. As I was walking deep in sorrow, thinking about the times we shared, Fly dance round me, a white cloud in the evening air. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. That song is what's going to lead me into this topic, this block. And if you've heard that song before, Wings of a Butterfly. It's about death. Uh, Somebody very close to me is going to lose a very dear family member, her grandmother. Her grandmother is her whole life. She's been with her since she was a child. She's 95 and has lived her amount of years And it's come to the point where it's time. Everybody and their family's having a hard time with it. Laura especially. She was very close to her grandmother. I can relate. And it's time, it's hard when you have to say goodbye. And remember the love that you have of that person they have for you Uh, as we chatted and she cried and wept and told me how she felt my point of reference is when I lost my father and I mentioned to you in another block on another episode that I didn't like the way he died although there's nothing I could do about that because when your time is your time no matter where and what you're doing or where you are so the chapter's closing and she hurts everybody hurts that was close to this woman I don't think that I ever met her but I can feel my girl's pain deep in my heart as she cried openly to me telling me how she felt how it hurt so bad all I could do was console her as best I could because for me there was nothing much else I could do so we say goodbye to those that we love and we hope that we will live such a very rich and pleasant life as the one who we're going to lose did So, it hurts when somebody's going to pass, simply because you're never going to see them again. Never see their smiling face at the dinner table or at their house when they greet you as you you walk in. And we go about our mundane little lives, hoping 
that one day we'll see that those loved ones again. I really feel for her and her loss. Death is never easy to deal with, but we deal with it because we're going, they're going to go through the five stages. I saw a picture of her uncle who was distraught and grieving as he sat next to his dying grandmother. And uh, it's hard because many of them have already gone through the bargaining phase begging God that they will do this in order to let her live a little bit longer. But when that person's reached their time, you can't change it. You can't turn it back. The game is on, and the game clock is going to tick down to zero. And we will survive. We will bury our dead, and we will move on to the next plane, and we will continue on till it's our turn to end all this. And you'll hear euphemisms like, oh, they're in a better place, or they're happier now. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, these are the things that our culture believes in that priests and shaman tell us. But I don't know if it's true or not. We'll never find out until we cross, when we don't make that crossing ourselves. But right now, my thoughts, my feelings, and my prayers go with my girl, hoping that they will find some sort of peace through all this. The the thing that, that saves them is that they're all together. Each and every one of them, which is very touching to me. I wasn't there when my father died. I was in the same house, but I was in another room because uh, I was getting taking a, taking a shower. It was already like one in the morning to... Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was 11 o'clock at night. And I had to get a shower, so I had to go to clinic the next day. And when I got out of the shower and put all my stuff away, I went to go check on my dad. He was already gone. I stood there looking down on him as he laid looking so peacefully in that hospital bed. I put my hand on his forehead I checked his pulse and his carotid. There was nothing. I took the oxygen mask off of him and I put my finger under his nose and there was no air coming out of his nose. He wasn't breathing. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry. Go be with God. That's what you always wanted. And now that's where he is. I hope. And as I was talking to her, 
today and she was burying her soul to me and crying. I started thinking about my dad and I started telling her about him. And then I started weeping. I just couldn't help it. And I think I still feel a little bit of that. And I hope my, my heart, my thoughts are with her right now. And her family, her daughters, her granddaughters. And we take a pause, say a prayer, and we move on because that's what we do in life. You can remember your dead, you can honor them. You can light a candle at their place at the table when you have when you eat a meal because they will never be back to eat that meal with you. But you will see them one day when your time comes. And we are, I don't know, I, my, my beliefs are a little bit different than most people. I believe we become beings of light, pure and efficient light. Why do I believe that? Because you hear that in, in the uh, dogma of the Catholic Church. Jesus is the light and the life. So therefore, we are all the lights trapped in physical bodies. And when we're released from that trapped body, we become and go into the light. It's, uh, it's rough. Feeling what I feel. Wishing there was more I could do. So all I can do is wait and see what happens and go from there. So have you, has anybody out there lost anybody close to them? Share your pain with me if you have it. If you're still going through that, share it with me. You can reach me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Benher at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. Or as my gal told me, it's T.C. Cindy. But let me know, because I would love to hear your thoughts on when somebody close to you passes. I've lost friends. I've lost enemies. I've lost family. But we're all family, aren't we? And this big old human family. We're all brothers and sisters aunts and uncles and uh, we do the best we can and it hurts when somebody goes <clears throat> especially somebody that you've devoted a good part of your life with and to <coughs> excuse me I'm sorry so It's been a very long day for everybody. <clears throat> You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. 
Stick around. We'll be right back. And we are back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur, sitting here in the homestead with my faithful dog, Nat, at my feet. Probably wondering what that stink is. It's you, boy. It's not me. Well, as you all know, once you hear the end of the line by the Traveling Wilburys, it's the end of the line for the Chairland Chronicles for another episode going in the can, as they say. Well, we've talked about a lot of things today. We've covered uh, basketball, we've covered Christmas, and we covered the topic of death. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it's there staring you in the face every day. And it brings us to this point. I've already put in three segments, and I figured maybe it's time to wrap it up because I'm already running late. It's Friday. Uh, It's already 11 o'clock in the morning when I should normally publish this at around 7 in the morning because I got lazy and I didn't record my final segment last night to wrap the whole show up. So, I'm cutting it short today. Um, Maybe for some of you it's a blessing, but I think I've given you plenty of food for thought with the topics that we covered. Uh, Like I said, if if you have any feelings about how you feel about anything that I've done or said, let me know. Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. And uh, drop me a load, and we'll take it from there. So, uh, since I'm wrapping it up, and I'm going to put this out to the public, I'm going to give you my pleasant, my regular end of the show pleasantries as to live, laugh, and love. Live today if it's your last day on earth. Don't go and rob a bank. I'm not saying that. Just, you know, enjoy your life. Be happy. Be positive. Be fruitful. Laugh at everything around you. Life is not all serious and it's like a harumph. It's funny. You got to just see the funny in it. And love. Love everybody on this good earth. You don't have to like them, but you got to love them because they're human beings just like you. They have feelings. They hurt. They cry. They laugh just like you and they die. So with that said, live, laugh, love. Have fun in your life. And I will see you on the next episode of the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I leave you with the Traveling Wolverines.